Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, the 9th of December, 2020. Uh, Just last week, I was on a very brief trip uh, to California to interact with uh, the team at our sending church. And as I was there, I went on a run through a neighborhood I used to live in back before even I got married uh, there at the church. And on the edge of this neighborhood, there's this string of townhomes that at the bottom floor of each, though, it's all businesses. It's all different shops. Uh, and it's right across the street from some uh, major high-tech office buildings. And so I was I was doing a jog through this neighborhood, and it was early in the morning. Most of these places weren't open yet, and you go past. There's a there's a barber shop. There's a coffee shop. Um, the one sign caught my eye with you know with this lion on it, and it was Aslan, you know, financial group. Uh, and then shortly after that, I saw something that I didn't expect to see, and that was one of these shops in kind of a pricey uh, neighborhood for shops right across from these big office buildings, a shop for a fortune teller, advertising in the windows, free readings, and of course, with all the restrictions, by appointment only right now. And I found that interesting in such a highly sophisticated place right across from some high-tech offices, here was this fortune teller uh, here in, in this place. And it speaks to this innate curiosity that people have with the future. People want to know what is going to happen. Well, one of the reasons why I believe the Bible is true, why I believe the Bible is worth digging into, why I believe the Bible is worth doing a podcast about every day, is that it is full of predictive prophecy. Uh, God is not a fortune teller per se, as, as we think of oh, the what goes on in places like that, but we see throughout scripture, he is a future teller, that he knows the future because he's planned the future. And, and there are times where he speaks very clearly about things that are going to happen in the future. Now, obviously we think of things, especially as we read through Daniel and Revelation of things that are still future, But one of the reasons we trust those things is we look back at things that the Bible has said about things that were future and that have come to be fulfilled. And we see some of that in Daniel chapters 11 and 12 today. Daniel chapters 11 and 12. Now, chapter 11 especially is an incredibly detailed prophecy about future political events. It's remarkable. And uh, really, if you have a good study Bible and you read through this chapter, you're going to learn, even going through Daniel, you learn a good bit of uh, ancient history. You, You learn about the major power players and kingdoms that kind of uh, dominate this time from uh, the end of the, the the divided kingdom in Israel to when Jesus shows up under the rule of the Roman Empire. You, you'll learn a lot. But the thing about this chapter is you will learn a lot about ancient history, but the chapter was written before the history happened. Now, there are scholars uh, that will try to debate that and say the only way this could have possibly been written is if it was written after the fact, because, of course, we know nobody could say something so detailed before it happened. And I just want to remind you that although there are places we could get into that in much more depth, debating the book of Daniel, um, 
most of the time, those people are coming to the table with the assumption that this can't possibly be telling the future because it is impossible to tell the future. That they're coming already with an assumption that it is not possible, where we should take a step back and say, well, if there's a God who created the heavens and the earth, uh, it certainly makes sense that he would be able to tell the future. And uh, that that's what claims to happen here. And that's what we believe did happen here. But as you get into chapter 11, it, it talks about the kings of the north and the south. And uh, really, really what it's referring to there is we see in Daniel, it starts with the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar. But in the middle of the book, the Babylonians are overthrown by the Medes and the Persians. And that kind of becomes the next big empire on the stage of the ancient world. But eventually, they're going to get wrecked by a guy named Alexander the Great. And the Greeks will take over most of kind of what was the known world at that time. And we know that Alexander the Great, even though he does these amazing conquests, he does not live long. And his kingdom, his empire doesn't really survive well after him. It gets divided into four portions. And we're reading really mostly about two of those today. The north would have been one of the kingdoms that kind of arose in the wake of uh, of this turmoil after the death of Alexander the Great. And that would have been based more in Syria, known as the Seleucids. And then the kingdom of the south would have been uh, known as the, Ptol- the Ptolemies, uh, the piece silent there at the beginning. And uh, we, we see some conflict between these kingdoms and, and even down to details of marriage alliances and things that all can be connected with historical figures. And, and so we see all of this and we see what, what happens um, and we see prophecies that we know will become to be fulfilled through this man named Antiochus Epiphanes. Even as you look back and you see verse 31 talking about profaning the temple and taking away the regular burnt offering, and they will set up the abomination that makes desolate, right? That he was the one that came in and they they sacrificed a pig on the altar. They took away the offerings in the temple. um, And we see all of that happened in real life, in real history. But I think there is a shift towards the end of this chapter, starting really in verse 35, towards things that are still future now. And it says, And some of the wise will stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made white until the time of the end, for it still awaits the appointed time. And so we start seeing this talk of the end. Uh, And we see some of that in the rest of the chapter. We see a figure of another king, And that's where I think even connected with other prophecies in Daniel, like Daniel chapter 9, I think the best way to understand this is a a future king, a future political leader that will come. And the most common name that Christians use to refer to this figure is the Antichrist. And I think we can learn some details about him here. But one thing we see, especially in the books of Daniel and Revelation, is that this can be hard to understand and get to some of the specifics right? It's much easier to interpret the prophecies that have already been fulfilled because we can kind of compare the prophecy to the history book and uh, see the connections. Well, it's a little bit harder when the prophecies are yet to be fulfilled. And that's where I think as Christians, we shouldn't just step back and say, well, 
No way to know anything. Um, no, I think we, we can understand some things from the Bible and we're seeing that in Daniel and Revelation about the future. That's why I believe there will be this seven-year period known as the tribulation, why there will be this political figure known as the Antichrist. But at the same time, while we sh- should admit we can know more than nothing about this, we have to admit there are limitations to what we can understand about what is uh, going to happen in the future. Even It's made clear that we're not going to know what the appointed times are. That is something that God has chosen not to reveal to us. And so we see that in the book of Daniel, but Daniel 11 is an incredible piece of history, of prophecy. It should affirm our confidence in the Bible. This is the word of God. And as we think about looking towards the future, and even as we think about this this king, this political figure that will seem to have such incredible power at the end, um, really, we need to think about a bigger political figure, a bigger king, one that really transcends politics. And that's what we're going to read about at the very end of the book in Revelation chapter 11 today. Revelation 11 and verses 5 through 19, or sorry, 15 through 19. And we see here, the seventh angel blows his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Wow, that should be a precious verse to us. And even as we dig into Daniel and Revelation, I'm sharing my viewpoint on things. I know there's some Christians that might disagree with some of those things, but this is a place where we all are on the same page, that Jesus Christ will return, that he will reign on this earth, and that someday what is said here will become true. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And then it describes the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God, falling on their faces and worshiping. And they're crying out, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who was and is, or who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. This is something that we can know with With absolute confidence, with total certainty, we can understand uh, that Jesus is going to return, that Jesus is going to reign. And even as we see the prophecies fulfilled in Daniel 11, in December, Christmas, we see all the prophecies fulfilled about the birth of Christ. We can know the prophecies about the return of Christ will be fulfilled. And we we see there, it talks about the nations raging. Well, that's what we can kind of look around the world and see right now. Nations raging raging. And we think about Psalm 2, where it uses that same language, but it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. And we as Christians can operate in uncertain times because we know how the story is going to end. Our God is a future teller. He's, spoiler alert, uh, given us the ending of the story. Jesus will win. Jesus will return. Jesus will reign. And so that helps us understand another thing the Bible tells us about the future today that Jesus specifically says about the future in John chapter 15. So we look at verses 18 through 27. And it says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. 
but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. And so we see all of these things um, and we understand that Jesus, I mean, he says this often to his disciples to expect persecution for people that want to follow Jesus Christ. And so while we're in this time, before Jesus has returned and taken power and begun to reign, we should expect there will be difficulty for Christians. And we should open up our eyes and realize that's happening in real life all over the world. And probably the experience of most American Christians is more the exception to the rule that Christians throughout the world and throughout history have felt. And if you feel like that might be changing, uh, that there might be more persecution for Christians coming, I think that's uh, an accurate understanding of where our culture, where our world is headed. But that's where we can apply all of what we're learning today. That even though the nations might rage, even though it might cost us something more to take a stand for Christ in the future, that our eyes are fixed on him. He is the king who is going to win. We're not as worried about these kings that someday will be forgotten, these political leaders now that no one will remember. Um, We are focused on what the king of kings and lord of lords thinks. We want to fear him. And so may that be something that we think about more and more, even as we think about how we respond uh, in, in our uncertain world. May our first thought always be, well, how can I honor the king of kings? That should be what we're thinking about. And finally, even as we think about persecution or uh, violence and uh, things like that towards Christians, we come across the ending of a great psalm for that today in Psalm 140. Psalm 140, we finished the psalm today reading verses 6 through 13. And we see him praying to God, a God that he knows is merciful. God who is his strength, who has protected him. And then he prays against his enemies um, that, that, that their mischief would overwhelm them, that burning coals would fall upon them, that they would be cast into the fire. And then he ends with some confidence in verses 12 and 13. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and will execute justice for the needy. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Our God has told us the future. We know that Jesus will win. We know that in the meantime, that there will be difficult things for his people, but we will set our sights on the future. We will trust in God and we will make our decisions based on what he thinks. And we will look to him and not uh, just what our culture is thinking. And we will trust God for mercy, for protection. Uh, and we will look forward to the day when they will say the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.